You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 98. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here today. Man, we have been talking about some great topics over the last couple episodes. Really, if you go back and you start to look at uh, planting the seeds of your financial freedom, what idle hands can lead you to, listening to yourself versus following the advice of others. Last week, we really dove into the habit creation loop. And so today, as we begin to really launch into, and we have been, but we're really preparing for episode 100 and what the next 100 episodes can be like after that. I really want to stop and ask yourself, how often do you take inventory of your life? How often do you stop and ask yourself, what is it that I have created around me? What is it that I find important? What is it that I focus on every single day? What are my thoughts constantly being recycled around? We talk about thoughts a lot in this show and feelings and how those those will spark your actions, which will provide your results that ultimately anchor back into whatever you were experiencing in that moment to have that thought, feeling, action result. Right? We talk about how you have this external stimuli. Something happens around you. You see something, you hear something, you read something, you feel something because something is experienced in your realm around you, and it comes into your five senses, touch, taste, sight, sound, smell. And when this happens, you begin to run it through these different filters and these different processes, these different automatic things that are happening inside of your brain. You don't even necessarily realize until you stop, step back, step into the seat of awareness and say, what is it that I am deleting? What is it I'm distorting? What is it I'm generalizing? And I did talk about these topics some time ago, and they were, I believe, of course, I believe that everything I bring to you guys is super helpful. Whether you found it to be super helpful or not, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was episode 77, um, which I loved, 77. That's why I probably made it delete, distort, generalize, because these are the three um, unconscious. It's just, it's the way we just go through life. We are deleting things. We're distorting things. We're generalizing things because we take in 2.3 million bits of data every single second into our awareness. And most of that, all but 126 bits goes straight into the unconscious mind. And what you're able to keep has been deleted and distorted and generalized and ultimately run through the filters of time and space and environment and values and beliefs and opinions and memories and personality traits and how you see time and, you know, and how you organize your brain. It's, it's, it's insane what the mind can do. Fastest supercomputer known to, known at least in our universe. When aliens come, I'm sure they'll have a better technology than our brain, their brain more than likely. (laughs) But let's bring this back down to earth for a moment and stay out of outer space. And let's talk about how you are taking inventory of what's important to you. 50,000 thoughts. I mean, there's so many different 
statistic points on this. Some people say 40, 50, 80, a million. It doesn't matter. Let's just go ahead and just come to the realization that we are having tens of thousands of thoughts every single day. Most of them we're not even aware of. They come in and out of our mind. They they spark, they create some sort of emotion, and that's what sticks around. And because, and again, research shows that about 90% of our thoughts are just recycled day after day after day after day after day. I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not smart enough. Or I'm beautiful and I'm amazing and I'm the, I'm the king or queen of the world. These are just thoughts that we're recycling day after day. And if it's 90% and you're having 50,000 thoughts a day, that means 45,000 thoughts a day are just recycled from whatever you still haven't healed from, whatever you haven't released, whatever that might be, right? There's a myriad. I can sit here, it's been the next 400 episodes just talking about all the different things that you could possibly be thinking about. Only you really know what constantly is swirling around in your mind. And again, even that you're barely aware of because you're having so many of them. They just come in and out, but they're in the unconscious mind. They're in there because the unconscious mind remembers everything. This is why if you go into like a deep hypnosis kind of therapy, you can literally recall anything in your life because it's all in there. I've always wondered if people, even people who suffer from Alzheimer's and dementia, that stuff's still in there. It's just the ability to verbalize it, to be able to tell the rest of the world that this is what you're thinking because your mind's starting to age out and get scrambled. People in a coma Are they just living this entire life inside their head and they're just not able to get up out of bed and tell anyone about it? If you think about it, the more you spend in your head, the more you're really just being putting yourself in your own coma-like trance where you're living your entire life inside of your head, the way that you're taking in what's happening around you, and then you're creating this entire story, this entire reality. Someone says, nice shoes, and based on their tonality or their eyes or their skin tone, you'll think that that's either a compliment or an insult. Is that somebody who's normally insulted your shoes? Then you're naturally going to think that it's an insult. Is that somebody who normally compliments you? Then you're just naturally going to think it's a compliment. But it could be different on any given moment in any given day. And if we don't step back and take inventory of all of these recycled thoughts, of all this th- this nonsense that we've been telling ourselves, these stories that we believe because inside our own mind's eye, we have just been repeating the story so much that we just believe it to be true. This happens in the media. This happens in the news cycle. If you just get 15 different shows on one of the news channels to just keep, keep repeating the same stories, to keep repeating the same key words, to have everybody sending out the same message... After a while, no matter how ridiculous the story might sound, eventually it's just believed to be true by the people who trust that source. So think about that inside your own mind, because you trust yourself generally, right? You trust yourself. You're like, well, I've been saying it, so it must be true. Because you want to believe that the things that you tell yourself are true because you want to be able to trust yourself. But what happens if the things that you constantly are telling yourself are ridiculous, are asinine, are unproven, or worst of all, harmful to you? When we talk about taking inventory of what it is that's going on inside of our mind, what, we're, what, what it is that we've surrounded our life with, you're surrounding yourself 
with the things you believe you're worthy of inside your own head. You tell yourself that you're that you're worthy of having a good job and making good money, then that's what you'll go find. If you think that you aren't educated enough and you don't deserve money and you don't deserve to have financial stability in a nice house, then that's what you'll surround yourself with. Doubt, despair. You'll be constantly in debt, barely paying off your credit card bills, getting deeper and deeper into the hole because that's what you think you deserve because you've been telling yourself you don't deserve anything better. There's a couple of things that we're going to talk about in this episode today that are, that's going to show you a guided way to start to clean out your mind so that you can really start to clean out your life that is around you in the external world. We experience things externally in a, in a split second. They live forever inside of our own heads. The moment that you see a bird land on a branch or you see a homeless person asking for money on the street or someone sort of looks at you a little cockeyed, that took a second for it to occur in the external world. But it can live on and on and on and on inside of our own mind. And then that's whenever it begins to spiral. And the longer it spirals, especially if it's a negative uh, emotion or a negative thought, the more it, beca- the more it can start to anchor And the deeper that it anchors, then it starts to grow these roots. And then after a while, it just seems like it's the truth because you've grown roots that are 200 feet deep into your psyche with this oak tree or this weeping willow tree that just spans 200 feet up. But it was all built on this illusion that you actually were telling yourself the truth, that you were actually mindful of what what it was that you just saw, that you just heard, that you just felt. It's often built on illusion because how often do we really step back and ask ourselves, is what I'm thinking, is what I'm feeling, is what I'm saying to myself, is this stuff even real or is it just a story that I'm going to repeat to myself over and over inside of my head so I've got something to do in there? Where this really got sparked recently is that I started to ask myself this existential question of who am I if I'm not my labels? If I'm not a male, if I'm not tall, if I'm not white, if I'm not old, if I'm not young, if I'm not energetic, if I'm not tired, if I'm not uh, the owner of a Hyundai Santa Fe, if I'm not the, the, the person who completed a college diploma, if I'm not my bank account, if I'm not my career, my job title, if I strip myself away of any and all of these titles, of these labels that I've applied to myself, who am I? If I, even if I go as far as to say, okay, well, you know, what are my values? Freedom, independence, control, personal growth, uh, knowledge, learning, creative expression. These, again, are just labels that I'm applying to myself for the things that I value. You might value love and friendship and companionship and, and trust and honesty. Who knows what you value? You know what you value. But again, those are just labels. And this is an existential question for a reason, because the deeper you dive into this question, the harder it becomes to actually answer. Because if you're not a label, if you're, then, you, then you say, okay, well, now I'm a soul. Now, now I'm this, this being that exists to learn and move on. Again, that's just labels, and that's just a story you're creating for yourself. And all this got started up from that question 
which was really just the universe guiding me back to a book called The Untethered Soul by Singer. I forget his first name, but it's by Singer. It's got a horse on the front of it. Untethered Soul. Go Google it, Amazon it, listen to this thing on Audible. It'll blow your freaking mind. If you're one of the people out there who really wants to understand why that voice inside your head will just never shut the hell up. And that's really the downfall of so many of us is the voice in our head. Because it is, it is the worst critic. It is a roommate that never shuts up. And if we don't go inside of our own mind and we don't start to take inventory of what it is that this voice is telling us and really challenging it and finding out if it's even beginning to tell us a modicum of truth. Is it filling our head full of lies? And some of the, some of the white lies could be good. You're strong, you're powerful, you're confident, and you can step into that role of being strong, powerful, and confident when you go in for a job interview, or you go in to talk in front of a professor, or you go and talk in front of a boss, or you go to talk in front of a family member who has caused you to feel less than. Being able to step into a strong and powerful and confident version of yourself, right? Even though you don't necessarily know if that's what you are, but you're going to believe the voice in your head anyways, that can be beneficial. The issues that we start to have is whenever it starts to talk smack to us about who we are. Not good enough, not pretty enough, not smart enough, not rich enough, not something enough. This is that toward and away energy that I've referenced before. Whenever you're, you're afraid of being poor and be living on the street, so you go to college to get a degree to have a job so you're not poor and you're not living on the street. When in reality, the energy you want to be using is that toward. You don't want to be using the away from energy. Away from. Again, I don't want to be, I'm moving away from being poor and living on the street by getting a college degree rather than moving toward financial stability and safety and security, right? That's moving toward those things because you get the college degree. Energy plays a humongous role in our lives and it's often considered to be very meta. That's so above and that's so make believe. But yet, how many of us have gotten some bad news and immediately felt a gigantic energy shift inside of ourselves that we don't we can't seem to shake and then all of a sudden you know perhaps it is hey man teacher said everybody everybody failed the test except for like three people and right and then immediately you're one of those people who failed the test and horrible 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 and then you get in there and your your energy is crunched you're constricting your stomach's in knots your heart's pounding you can't eat you feel like crap and then you go in there and you find out you're one of the three people who passed and all of a sudden immediately stomach is lighter you have more energy you feel better that tension in your back goes away that's energy when you think bad things are going to happen, you have this constrictive energy. When you think good things are going to happen, you have this open energy. And the untethered soul talks about how that comes from opening and closing your heart. Has there was one of the presidential candidates for the Democrats, um, not being political, just referencing someone that you you will if you followed that stuff. I think her name is Marianne Williamson. Um, and she has a really great book I read once, but right now I'm trying to think of her name and therefore I can't think of her name. <laughs> and she talked a lot about love and opening up your heart and people were making fun of her relentlessly. And look, the woman never had a chance in hell of becoming the president, but her message was on point. Her message about opening up the heart and, and, and stepping into a relationship with yourself and with others with love and acceptance 
This is what we started to talk about um, recently in, in a lot of these episodes where you don't have to condone what somebody says. You just have to seek to understand why it is they think, feel, or, or talk the way that they do. That brings you connection. Right, you might be talking to um, a racist. You might have a racist and a BLM person in the same room. They might naturally think they can only have hatred for one another, but if they really started to talk with one another, get to know each other, find out their backstory, find out what happened in their life that caused them to think one way versus another, they would start to realize that it was just a, a series of experiences that happened to them, more than likely at a very young age. And certain feelings or opinions or beliefs were implanted upon them by their parents, by some sort of figure that that child thought was important enough to begin to emulate. And then they become older and they're still emulating all of this, all of these thoughts that may not necessarily be benefiting them now. And when you have these thoughts that aren't benefiting you now, then you're stepping into a space where your heart is closed. It's not open. And yes, I have no doubt that if certain uh, nationalities were to think of others, like right now I've got, a, I've got someone who has been seeking to set up a meeting with me about my coaching program who lives in Israel. And bless this man for being able to survive through what Israel just experienced in their brief little war skirmish. I'm not sure how it would be referenced by the general world, but I'd be willing to bet there it was considered a war between Israel and Palestine. And this has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. This has been an issue. Okay, maybe thousands and thousands is a little much, but uh, if I remember correctly, there there has been hostilities between um, these two different religions for quite some time. And I'm not an expert on this, so David, I apologize in advance if I'm butchering any of the facts here for the sake of brevity. I don't want to pour too deep into this. I bring it up because I, I just got off the phone with one of my clients who's Jewish. And when we start to reference World War II and the Holocaust, what happens there, she has stepped into a place where she understands that certain people were raised a certain way, which caused them to have certain values and beliefs and opinions that weren't serving them to the point where they caused a war. They started a war against another religion, another people, simply because they didn't fully ever sit down, open their hearts, and ask these people questions about who they really were and what they've experienced and really connect with them. The Sunnis and the Shiites, right? They, they literally fight over the fact that one of them thinks that a god was the reincarnate of another God, and the other ones think that it's not a reincarnate of another God. And I'm like, so, so we're thousands of years war, millions and hundreds of thousands died or, or in strife or in peril, all because one religion wants to believe that this God's more powerful than this God, or that this God exists because of this God, or that this is my land before it was your land, which it the Palestinian-Israeli war seems to very much be about oftentimes is there's this religion and there's this land conflict. And so I, I, I vaguely reference these three humongous, you know, human civilization dynamics and, and the strife and the war and the misery caused by these two civilizations going at one another as examples of having that closed heart. I have that, that example of not being willing to sit down and really find out what it is that these people are all about. Because when it comes down to it, we all have these six human needs popularized by Tony Robbins, right? You've got this, you've got certainty, you've got variety, 
You've got personal growth, significance, contribution. You've got uh, in love, right? You've got these things that everybody wants. Everybody wants to have certainty of their food, water, warmth, and shelter being taken care of every day. We, we seek out variety once we have those needs fulfilled. And when you start to ask yourself, when you are in your most troubled, when you're in your most anxiety-ridden, are you starting to call into question the things that bring you the most safety and certainty? And if we don't step into a place where we're constantly, or at least intermittently, on a regular enough basis, taking inventory of what's going on in our own minds, we can literally let these stressors and these anxieties and these conflicts that the media could be feeding us or that could seem very real to us in our own lives. If we're not taking inventory, then they will literally take over our mind. They will literally start to create a reality inside of ourselves that becomes so overwhelming, we can't see through it. And now after this 20-minute long explanation and why and motivation and the what of what we're going to finish this episode up upon, we're going to start talking about how you can begin to manifest a whole nother way of thinking, a whole nother way of living inside of your head. And I get that college success habits is a very broad, and maybe people are thinking, you're going to teach me how to study, and you're going to teach me how to organize my syllabus, and you're going to teach me how to clean my closet. Other people are doing a fine job of that. I want to expand your mind to realize that all that other stuff is external, and what matters the most is what's happening internal. When you can figure out ways to clean up your own mess inside your head, then you can really start to achieve what it is that you desire. How many people have you seen that have really awesome bank accounts, but yet are riddled with addiction? How many celebrities do you see, or musicians, who seem to be on top of the world, making millions of dollars, fame, fortune? You think, man, their life must be perfect. And then you find out that they had to step into sobriety and recovery, just like the rest of us normies. The Robert Downey Juniors, the Rob Lowe's, the Keanu Reeves, the Jim Carrey's, all of these people suffered from some level of addiction and then stepped into a a whole brand new version of themselves when they got sober. This is why I talk a lot about being mindful of how you use alcohol and drugs. Because even, you know, then you look at the Robin Williams or the Philip Seymour Huffmans of the world, the the Kurt Cobains, held go all the way back to the Jimi Hendrix, the Marilyn Monroe's, the Elvis Presley's, the Janis Joplin's of the world. The lead singer Shannon Hoon of, of Blind Melon comes to mind. I think we, uh, not so long ago, lost the lead singer of Soundgarden, uh, Chris Cornell. You know, you think about the old lead singer of Stone Tipple Pilots, and now he's gone now, too. And this happens frequently because the, because the mess in the mind isn't allowing you to fully release the traumas and the suffering so that you can become this better version of yourself. You can go off and get a Ph.D., if that's what you think is going to make your life better. But if you're still trying to declutter and detach from this bullshit in your mind, you're going to have a hard time, pardon the French, you're going to have a hard time being able to really feel the amazingness of what it is that you've achieved when inside your own mind, you're still talking insane smack of it yourself. These are the people who become high achievers and are never really happy. This is why they often say that the poorest of person is happy while the richest of rich is sad. Now, there are certainly things that money can help solidify. You can feel more safe and certain because you have money. 
But you can also start to overspend your money and then be worried that if you don't make more, the entire house comes crumbling down. So this very easy four-step process that I'm going to run you through right now, we're going to finish up the show on this. Again, appreciate that you've made it this far. And I already know that you're starting to feel rewired inside your own mind because we're discussing things that lots of people don't tend to want to step into. But you do, and that's why you've listened to 98 episodes of this of this podcast. All right, we want to open our hearts, and at the very least, just take a moment to hear another way of being. So here's another way of being. And step one is declutter and detach your mind, your body, your soul from the stories that you've been telling yourself inside your head. Declutter and detach from the stories you have been telling yourself inside your head that you're not good enough, that you're not popular, that you're not smart enough, that that somebody else's religion or life is better than yours. Declutter and detach from the fact that you might think that your life is better than other people's, that your religion's better than other people's, that your beliefs, that your values, that your opinions are better than someone else's. Because when you think you have to be better than someone else, then you become this hero in your own story. And anyone who doesn't believe the way you believe all of a sudden becomes the villain. And now you've created this disempowering dynamic, and we talked about this in episode 84, victim versus creator. You, you, in order to be the hero, someone has to be the villain, and there has to be a victim. And more, than, more often than not, you end up being the victim inside your head. And then you fantasize about how you're going to become the hero, but there's always going to be a villain in that. So when you declutter and you detach from the stories you've been telling yourself inside your own mind, from the way you think you've been experiencing the world, you step into the empowerment dynamic where now you can create. And someone can challenge you, but that challenge isn't seen as villainous. It's just seen as an opportunity to, to learn more about yourself or somebody else and to open your heart to love instead of closing it. This is where the power lies. This is why that woman on Netflix had such a popular show about, you know, everything in your house, when you touch it, should spark you. And people are thinking, that is ridiculous. What does that even mean? The reason people keep crap around them is because it evokes some level of emotion in them. Right? You might, Jesse, my, my, my couch pillows do not evoke emotion in me. All right, well then take all of the cushions off of your couch and tell me how much you enjoy sitting on your couch. You enjoy sitting on your couch because there's cushions. You enjoy laying on your couch because there's a pillow to put your head on. Take the pillow away and now you're just lying flat on the couch. How comfortable is that whenever you want to turn on your television, which sparks emotion because it shows you shows that spark emotion. So when you start to declutter and detach, you can figure out why it is you're holding on to the things that you're holding on to. And really ask yourself, is this something that you want to continue to, to place priority on in your life. So declutter and detach your mind, your body, and your soul from your stories. And as you begin to clear out these stories, perhaps you were bullied in high school, perhaps you were bullied in college, perhaps you're bullied at work, perhaps you're bullied by your kids. When you begin to unravel the story and bring into awareness what really is happening, you start to realize that a lot of this is just based on a lack of communication a lack of opening up yourself to experiencing something from a different point of view. And so once you've begun to declutter and detach your mind, body, and soul, 
step one, if this was a, you know, if we're going to label this as a step process, you then decide with clarity and certainty what it is you actually want to be thinking, what it is you want to be feeling, what it is you want to be saying to yourself inside your head. That voice doesn't shut up, but there is a way to quiet it down and deciding that you're going to begin to release the suffering and the trauma that you've been holding on to so tightly for so long in your life. And I don't mean horrendous trauma and suffering, you know, like sexual assault or being beat up or, or having your, one of your family members walk out of the family, your, your mom or your dad just walk out and divorce and leave everybody behind. It, it, it can obviously be that big. But a lot of the times, the tiny little traumas are, you know, when you were a kid, calling out for your mom or dad to watch you as you did somersaults or through the football, and then they were too busy doing something else. And you felt like, wow, if I don't speak up, no one will hear my voice, and I'll be left over here alone with no one paying attention to me. And now you've become extremely loud and boisterous because you want attention on you because you don't ever want to feel alone or ignored, right? That's a story you're telling yourself. You're telling yourself if you're alone. You're telling yourself if you're ignored. You're deciding that that's what you're going to believe. So why don't you just decide with clarity and certainty to start to believe something else and then go off and start creating the reality of that new strength that you're not being ignored, that you're, that you're not alone by actually doing things that show you that you don't have to feel alone. You can go out and be at a party and meet people. But I know we've all heard the saying that in a room of a thousand people, I still felt alone. It's because you weren't communicating and you weren't really trying to connect. It was all about you, 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 instead of being about them, 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 them. The best thing that, the reason why I think I'm so great at coaching is I don't necessarily need or even care if you know about my story. I care more about your story. What's, what's causing you trauma? What's causing you harm? What's holding you back? Let's get into you. You'll know, my, you'll, you'll know more of my stories when they're necessary to expand upon a, a, a point I'm making. So you have a point of reference. But it's not done to brag or because I feel like everybody should know everything about Jesse. It's more because I can show you, look, I've experienced this in my life. And it's because I decided with clarity and certainty that to me, it's more about the connections I can make with other people than them knowing how amazing or awesome I might want to people to think that I am. And then step three, you focus on taking the next inspired action step. So you've decluttered and detached and you've told yourself you're no longer going to believe your BS stories. You're no longer going to surround yourself with, with meaningless possessions because it makes you feel better. Because just like any other kind of hedonistic adaptation, after you've had a watch or a video game or a new car long enough, it no longer holds that same emotional charge. And then you got to go find something bigger and better. This is why drug addiction is so prevalent and so easy to fall into. Because you taste that alcohol or drug the first time and then you spend the rest of your life trying to chase that first high. It's not going to happen. And not just with alcohol and drugs, but with anything in your life. If you are seeking it externally, it will not live up to what you have created in your mind that, it's, that it should be. Happiness, contentment, everything you feel is happening internally. And that's where these shifts need to be taking 
internally. So focus on taking the next inspired step by deciding with clarity and certainty who you want to be in the next three months, six months, year, five years from today. And declatch and declutter anything that is holding you back. And last but not least, review. Right, You apply the detachment and the decluttering. You decide with clarity and certainty who you are going to become. You focus on your next inspired steps. That's the application. You fo- in order for anything to solidify in life, you must apply it, then review it, and then reapply it in a much better or more beneficial or more, or more serving way, more desirable way. And you do this by completing this four-step process by reviewing. You do it, but you do that by visualizing and really feeling into what it is you've just experienced, really being clear and being honest with yourself about what really just happened. Right? You 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 decluttered and detached a toxic person from your life because you decided that who you're going to be in a year no longer is who you think they'll be in a year. You focused on the next step, which was either to tell them that they no longer can be in your life or to just simply walk away from the relationship because you know what, that's what was best going to serve you. And then you review that and you think, hmm, does that make me feel good? Am I happy with the way that I ended that relationship? What can I learn from this experience so the next time I can feel even more um, confident or more stable or more whatever emotion you're seeking, whatever more of that you wanted, you can then say, well, what didn't I do there to provide that? And what can I do in the future? Relationships need to end at some point. Reason, season, lifetime. There will be relationships that are there for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. You ultimately decide you make that choice for you. It might break somebody else's heart. It might make them think you're an asshole. It might make them think a lot of things. But if it's no longer serving you and it's undesirable, then decluttering and detaching from them is what's necessary for you and your boundaries. Deciding to release them because who you want to become is no longer who you think they can help guide you toward, then that's what's in your best interest. Put on the oxygen mask for yourself first before the person next to you. And then you just focus on the next steps. What can I do right now to start to create this life for me in the future? This is important because it's all about what it is you want to create for yourself. Nobody cares about your hopes and dreams and aspirations like you will. Nobody cares like you will. So just work harder for yourself, not for someone else. And you do all of this and you check yourself by feeling in and really reviewing what it is you've done. Go back into your mind. You're always playing these little movies. There's all these little movies and these little pictures that the little voice in your head's tossing out in front of you 50,000 times a day. So take control over those pictures and movies and really visualize how this last semester went and how much more you would like to see from yourself next semester. Focus on what the next steps are going to be by deciding who you're going to be at the end of the semester and what helps you decide decluttering and detaching, one, from what you've done this past semester, but also decluttering and detaching from all the limitations that are holding you back from becoming the best version of yourself. This can all seem very meta, almost hippy-dippy, if you will, and that's fine if that's how you want to perceive it, but all this stuff is going on in your mind anyways. Wouldn't you rather have control over it, or at the very least, some understanding of what it would take for control? 
Just like a helicopter takes you from point A to point B, life is taking you from point A to point B every single second of your life. If you just think that it's all happening to you and not because of you, then that's you just allowing your unconscious mind to guide you. And you will spend your entire life thinking that your entire life has been nothing but fate. When in reality, it's all these unconscious habits that are just guiding us along the way, often without us even realizing that it's holding us back. And we convince ourselves that these limitations that we decide we have are now going to keep us from the life we truly want simply because we aren't willing to detach and declutter, decide on who we want to become, focus on the next inspired steps that will get us there, and then reviewing through visualization and tapping into our dreams of what has really transpired so that we can begin to shift ourselves just one degree every single day. It can be the difference between you know, financial freedom at 50 or slogging away through a dead-end job being bossed around by someone you don't think is competent enough to lead a marching band, let alone a business. And you end up looking back and wondering, why on earth did I allow myself to get here? I did that after 22 years of addiction, and I finally said no more. I will live up to the potential I know is inside of me by seeking to create the life around me that I've always known I was able. Always known I was able. See, potential comes from the inside. You feel your potential. The opportunities come from taking the potential you feel inside and then actually going out and doing something with it. And that's where opportunities begin to build up a life. And all of that is still external, my friends. It is all still external. The only way I can feel truly satisfied is by seeking the contentment and the happiness and the joy inside. That's where this stuff is created. Detach, declutter, decide, focus, and then review. And make sure that what you're doing for yourself externally is in alignment with what you desire to feel internally. No one cares about your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations more than you. And no one will beat you up more about not achieving them than you. Nobody cares like you will care for you. I don't care what any love card, I don't care what anyone says when they're on one knee in front of you. No one will love you as much as you can love yourself. And the best way to love yourself is by opening up your heart toward others to really step into what it feels like to be open-minded, to release judgment, and to just seek to understand other people at a level most people are not willing to reach into. If you can do this for others, you can absolutely do it for yourself. And that, my friends, is how you manifest day after day after day the life that will truly bring you the happiness and contentment that you perhaps have been seeking your whole life. You stepped into college or you stepped into the, the career world in order to become the best version of yourself don't let your mind be the thing that holds you back. All right, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. 
As always, a shout-out to Sunshine Glow On. Hey, if you want to talk to me about the coaching programs, if you want to learn about how to manifest the life you've always desired, to release your limiting beliefs, to move forward in a way that truly brings you enlightenment and empowerment rather than discouragement and disempowerment, I am merely a social media message away. Go over, find me at Jesse Mogul on Instagram. Hit me up. Let me know what's going on. If you raise your hand, I promise you I will call on you. We'll have a conversation and we'll see if what I teach in my classes and in my coaching can be something that can bring you the highest sense of self. All right, my friends. Talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. 